0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to The Edge Podcast. I am your host, Leslie Vickery, CEO and founder of ClearEdge Marketing. For those of you new to The Edge, we feature executive women in the recruitment industry in an effort to shine the light on the wonderful women leading our industry forward and for up-and-comers. If they can see it, women in executive roles, and understand the day in the life of the C-suite, they can certainly envision and be it. With today's podcast, I am excited to welcome our next guest in a new series that features our male allies. We know in order to see change on the diversity front, it will take everyone working together and we need everyone in positions of power to support us. At the most basic level, allyship is about having someone's back and the guests we'll have on this podcast are prime examples of this. Allies embrace their responsibilities with humility and a learning stance. I love that term, a learning stance, because it is not something that is claimed. Allyship is a process. And self-awareness is the single most important component of becoming an ally. Being an ally requires recognizing the advantages, opportunities, resources, and power you've automatically been accorded. Real allyship requires substance behind action. For our third allyship episode, I've actually asked Jessica Elliott, ClearEdge's SVP of Operations, to introduce us to today's guest. She has worked closely with him as a mentee and has seen his allyship in action firsthand. Now, Mark did not hear this introduction from Jess before recording our podcast. He'll actually hear it for the first time when he listens to the playback. I really wish I could be in the room to see his reaction to Jess's amazing words about her experience working with Mark.
1: Jess, take it away. It gives me great joy to introduce the next episode of the Edge Podcast, featuring my sponsor and mentor, Mark Nesbom. Mark is the Chief Administrative Officer at Dysys Signature Consultants, one of the top IT staffing firms in the industry. But to me, Mark is so much more than the executive role he fulfills at his company. Mark is the most human human that I know. He's down to earth, empathetic, smart, direct, and funny, and I can tell you. I cherish every conversation we have and learn something new each and every time. I consider myself incredibly fortunate to have had Mark sponsor me in my role as SVP operations, but also offer to mentor me. I certainly would not have survived (laughs) that first year without his kindness and support. He can tell you about the text messages and has been there, done that wisdom. And while I like to think that Mark's teachings are exclusive to me, I know he brings his superpowers with him to every interaction. I witnessed him do it so effortlessly with my own team, even. Mark may be quietly making his mark. See what I did there. But trust me, we're all benefiting the way he performs his allyship. And it's boosted me so, so much. And I just say, if you're in a position to mentor, you should do it. Um, Please let me encourage you to raise your hand. We need more people who are willing to uplift and nurture people like me into their next roles. And if not you, who? So finally, Mark, thank you. I try to say it often, but let me publicly proclaim how truly thankful I am for all you've helped me accomplish. I'm so grateful. Thank you. With that, let me invite everyone to enjoy the next episode of the Edge podcast featuring Mark Nussbaum and hear how he's been serving as an ally for women in the staffing industry. Mark, welcome to the podcast.
2: Well, I'm super happy to be here and grateful for the opportunity.
0: Of course, well, I consider you really a dear friend in the industry, a mentor, someone who has helped me quite a bit over the years. And it's just such an honor to have you join us here today, Mark. Before we jump into your career journey, For those listeners who maybe aren't familiar with Dysus and Signature, perhaps you could share a little bit of the history of the company and how you all came together. Then we're going to dive into your career journey, which I love because you actually didn't get your start in the staffing industry. So tell me, Mark, about Dysus and Signature.
2: Sure. It's uh, my pleasure. So Dysus and Signature combined a little over a year and a half ago. Each company, both Signature and Dice's, were formed by entrepreneurs. Uh, In the case of Dice's, two brothers who were immigrants to America in their teen years and ultimately became entrepreneurs and built a a fabulous company. And Signature formed by uh, our good friend, Jay Cohen, and uh, four of us, John Stolberg, Jeff Gray, myself, and Brad Rosen, and also an entrepreneurial company, and the two of us Two companies came together, frankly, because during COVID, Fouza Ahmed and Jay Cohn were on a panel discussion together and formed a relationship and each realized there was a shared set of values from honesty, integrity, hard work, and taking care of their customers and felt that the opportunity for all the employees would be improved if we came together because the businesses were highly complementary. At the time, Daisos is a very MSP-oriented company, signature, a more retail-oriented company. But as I said, like really shared values and really easy relationships uh, personally. And next thing you know, we came together. It's been an amazing year and a half, and we've grown to roughly $450 million companies, grew to about a $1.2, $1.3 billion company in a year and a half, and have learned a lot and forged a lot of new relationships. So... It's been a wonderful experience.
0: Well, I've had the pleasure of being on the sidelines, so to speak, of watching you and Jay and your... Leadership team over the years kind of coming together, watching you grow. It's truly a wonderful success story within our industry. The partnership, however, that you and Jay have is really unique and very special. And I'd love for you to tell us your career journey. It actually starts well before you and Jay met, but there was something that kind of brought the two of you together to start the special company that Signature was and is today as part of the Dysus family. So tell us where you got started.
2: I started out as a healthcare lawyer in Detroit where I grew up and representing, as all Jewish lawyers hope to do, Catholic hospital and health systems across the country in their business transactions. And I was kind of, even as a young person, a seeker, and I moved from Detroit with my law firm to South Florida to try and expand that health practice down into Florida and represented a couple hospitals down here. And through that, I got hired to do a project and met this guy, Jay Cohen, at JFK Memorial Hospital down in South Florida. And that project didn't really go anywhere, but Jay pursued me about a year later and had an idea to form a medical business and aggregate all these doctors together. And we did that where he was my client And so through that business thing, he and I became very close friends. And with the success of that business, there was an offer to sell it, which the ownership turned down. But Jay got the idea afterwards, he got a business bug and he started Signature. I went to work for the people who offered to buy the company and went into the medical real estate business, developing medical office buildings all over the country. Jay and I got very close, we were still talking every day, and about a year and a half, two years later, Signature at the time became maybe an $18 million company. Jay's like, hey, why don't you join Signature and move from Florida to Boston in the middle of the winter and take a pay cut, but help me grow this thing? So I did, and Signature during the 20 plus years went from 18 million annually to 450 million annually and every day was a learning experience and still is. But yeah, it was like a lawyer, a doctor, a couple of salespeople and recruiters started out with nothing. And you ended up with a pretty substantial company. I think we're very proud of to this day.
0: And you should be just knowing you and your leadership style and Jay and all of the things that you've done for your team and the industry. It's I could do a whole podcast and more a book on that entire uh journey, Mark, because it's it's truly a leadership lesson and what to do right, the culture you built, how you built it. I I took away so many learnings again just from watching you and and learning about your your style. So, however, today we're here to talk about allyship and I kicked off by sharing kind of my definition of allyship and what comes to mind when I think of it. I'd love to hear your definition of allyship and when perhaps you actually knew you were an ally.
2: I don't disagree. In fact, I agree with a lot of what you said. I particularly love the learning stance, but I sort of frame it up as a mutual support situation where you're associating with people and connecting in a way where you're supporting each other, I get a little concerned sometimes when I talk to people that they inadvertently exert a power position. And by the way, not intentionally, but they feel like they're so busy protecting somebody, they're actually putting themselves in advance of them. So I see it as a really mutually supportive relationship. And I think, Leslie, it's your fault that I realized uh-huh. I'm an Adibi because you said it to me, and then our mutual friend and wonderful person. Lydia Wilson said it to me. And then I reflected back, but I realized I hadn't really sought to be an ally. I had just sought to do right by people. And you said something about how you have to be aware of the resources afforded to you. I was lucky when I was a brand new lawyer, I had a gentleman, Stuart Lockman, be my mentor in the real estate business, the owner of the company, the late Bruce Rendina was my mentor. And like, I started to reflect like I've always had somebody looking out for me and showing me the next level. And I just sort of became aware in my career. I owed that back to the world that some people were teaching me how to do business, how to live a life, how to think about things. And they didn't have to, that wasn't their job per se. And so that to me is what the ally is, is you're mutually supporting each other, teaching and learning Because even when I'm in that role where I think maybe I'm supporting somebody, I'm probably learning about what's it like in a younger career now, or what's it like to be a woman in business today, or what I'm reminding myself as I'm teaching or sharing something. So I see it as a mutual association of support.
0: Well, you lead often. It's interesting too, just from a leadership style perspective, when you lead with curiosity and think that way where you want to learn and you want to observe and you want to be there for other people, it really puts you in that position of being open-minded to it. And unfortunately, in a lot of cases, women don't always have a lot of men who are mentors or um, will put themselves out there in that way. And I have to say, reflecting back on my own career, a lot of my mentors kind of growing up, even in the staffing industry, were actually Men, partially because a lot of the people I worked for were men, and they then became my mentors for life over the course of my of my career. That said, as I kind of grew up in the industry and met even more women, I was fortunate to have a mix. Which, to your point, it's supporting each other. You want to be there no matter what, no matter who the person is to be there. But in your position within the company and how you have grown as a leader. You are in a position of power in a sense that you can make decisions, you can pull people up, you can do right by everyone, which is really great. So, you mentioned a little bit how this kind of came to you, but why is this important to you personally? Where does this stem from your interest in, in helping others and so
2: forth? So, first of all, Leslie, before I answer, I totally agree with your point about curiosity. It just makes you so open. Makes you accessible, you learn, they learn. I think curiosity should be celebrated at all times. So, I said earlier, you know, I was just a lawyer. So, when I was a lawyer in Detroit. I was working on a municipal bond offering for a hospital system. And I was working with a peer lawyer who was a woman. We were early in our careers, and the bankers who were underwriting the bond offering came into the meeting and they asked her for coffee. And I remember the moment because I will say I didn't do a lot in that moment because I didn't know what to do. But I remember the moment going, OK, we're not there's stuff out here that is real and isn't great. So that sort of triggered in me. And then as my life has gone along, I found that the thing that I'm about really is lifting others up, illuminating their minds. And so the two sort of work together, Leslie, like I had that moment. And you sort of carry it, but you're not sure as a young person, at least in my case, what to do. And then I start to see I have this ability to illuminate other people's minds and how they think. So then I was able to sort of bring those two together and get some personal satisfaction out of it and help to cure a little bit of a problem out there. You know, in retrospect, do I wish I would have had the wherewithal at the time to say to this banker, you got a big problem. I did tell the partner on the project, but Today, I obviously would have. So there was that moment like where it was right in front of me, like, okay, there are different worlds out here.
0: So you were able to see something really in front of you and notice that. I love the statement you mentioned, illuminating their minds. Thank you for sharing that. It's a really strong, powerful statement. And when you think back on that moment, I have a lot of moments, Mark, where I wish that I would have used my voice in a situation, and I just didn't. It wasn't necessarily every time where I wasn't where I am today in my career where I would feel like I could do that. Sometimes it was a lack of confidence. It could have been, you know, many different things or, you know, in your head when you walk away and you think, oh, I wish I would have said this, but in that moment, you didn't. Allyship in action is really in that moment when you see something happen and you say something. So that moment aside, you know, certainly you probably wish you would have said something. But now when you use that, you were kind of fortunate to realize that so earlier in your career, first of all, to be self-aware of that. Now where you are today, when you see something, perhaps you can share an example of where you've said something. And the reason I ask this question mark, it's really intentional because I do believe the more we talk about uncomfortable situations that we're in, or even just moments of being able to, it could even be something where you saw someone where they weren't confident in themselves and you kind of coach them in that moment to really be confident as an executive woman or a woman rising in her career, whatever it may be. But now today where you are, other people will hear your story and your journey and learn from it. And hopefully also say something when they see something. So tell me perhaps a story of where you've been in this situation.
2: I think I have both examples there. It was one event, but I did two things. So this was just pre-pandemic. I was at one of our industry events and I was in a conversation with a woman executive and a man who I knew came up and joined the conversation. And I, in my mind, and in her mind, was dismissive, like was talking to me as if she wasn't standing there, right? And she's a successful person. And regardless of success, right, she's a person, deserves respect, acknowledgement, et cetera. So we worked our way to the end of the conversation. And the first thing I did, I waited maybe an hour and then found the guy and just very gently said to him, I go, I don't know what was going on there, but let me tell you what your behavior was and what message you sent to an accomplished colleague of yours. And he basically said, and I understood this. Yeah, I wasn't even aware. I was just, I was sort of caught off guard. He was a shy person, even in our industry, right? I go, well, just go talk to her and make it right. And then I found her maybe an hour after that, half hour after that. I'm like, you need to speak up you're a very accomplished person he was doing the wrong thing just say something you can engage too you've accomplished as much as him so i instead of like being confrontational i was coaching on both ends and sort of raising their awareness of their behavior cuz she didn't have to freeze up and he didn't have to be so uncomfortable and even if you are you know what to do you just have to engage with all people so I now tend to, and I, I don't know if it's my personality or learned behavior, but I tend to find all those things and not chastise, but coach.
0: You're a natural born coach. <laughs> I swear, like every time I talk to you, I walk away with something new and inspiring, something to think about and walk away with. So thank you for being that way in yourself. It's just, I don't know if you've grown into that, if you were that way since childhood, but it's kind of innate in you today. And it's really special what you did on a couple of fronts. Uh, But one, we're not trying to make someone feel bad for what they said necessarily. I mean, obviously, depending on the situation, but I often will say, you probably didn't mean to make me feel this way. But when you said you know, you just try to find a way to gently coach or explain a situation in a way that, to your point, it's coachable. It's a learning stance moment. They He didn't know that. And that's what we find most of the time is, I didn't even realize I was doing it. Well, now, you know, and right. forward, hopefully you do better. That's all we can
2: hope for. And just make yourself aware as you go into the situation. All right. I got to be aware of this dynamic that's out there. No question.
0: Fascinating. Well, thank you for sharing that moment. Tell us a little bit, so I have been fortunate to see some of the work that you all have been doing as a company, but tell us a little bit about the work within your own company that you've been doing around de and and perhaps what sparked you to take action as you looked around the company, saw things happening uh, what was it that really inspired you to do something if it was obviously within Dice's and Signature, or even before I know at Signature doing quite a bit as well?
2: So let me go through a series of things we've done, starting at Signature, but carrying through. One of the things, and kind of relates to the last story, I never realized at this moment, we did some unconscious bias training. And I think we need to do more. I think it's time for a refresher. But it. That situation I described at this industry event, he was unconsciously biased. He was uncomfortable, didn't know where he was, not a bad person, just acted poorly in a situation. And I thought the unconscious bias training was a great start because it also fostered a lot of dialogue because it raises your awareness of how unaware of yourself you are. And that had a wonderful effect. And I'm going to make sure we do more, actually, as I hear myself talk about it. And three other things sort of jumped to mind. One, and this has been happening at Dice's, which again, Lydia Wilson is leading us in, and I'm happy to be part of, we do now a monthly luncheon open to everybody uh, called Women and Allies, and 100 people show up, maybe more than 100, and we talk about real-world applied situations. We're exposing people so that if people are saying expressions they might not realize are offensive, or if uh, women who are young leaders afraid to exert their leadership power, because of how they've been trained or exposed. And so we have a monthly open dialogue about real sessions and real things that are going on. And I, I think that's been tremendous. The other two things that jump to my mind is we're doing a leadership development program that a very formalized program that you have to apply for, et cetera. But it's in part to address what we started this conversation with so often. Women early in their careers don't have mentors that naturally occur. So if we start this program and we bring them into this leadership development, we're creating a mentorship environment and starting to give the skills that help you advance your career. So often in the staffing industry, my experience has been, we're happy to train somebody to sell, especially a woman out of college or what have you early in her career, but we're not really necessarily willing to invest and move them along their career path. So we are starting a very formalized, year-long program to give leadership skills to all people, but we're very cognizant that we need to include in that program a variety of people with a variety of backgrounds and make sure we're giving these lessons to everybody. And the other thing that we've just done is Dices came together with company Grand Circus, and Grand Circus was founded and formed in the Detroit area and was designed to teach coding and run boot camps. And as you can imagine in, in that marketplace and city I grew up in, and Leslie I know you're fond of, that to help in large part underprivileged. Now as part of its mission with Dice's, it's gonna continue to do that, but we're also gonna make it available to our customers to do the same. And so we're working on a program to bring the skills to people who might not otherwise get the skills to advance their careers. So lots of things working internally and externally in the marketplace to just, if you think of it, all you got to do is try and lift people up one way or another, and we're going to be okay. It's just, you got to be patient and know it's a long process.
0: Yeah, nothing will happen necessarily overnight, but you have to take action to have something happen. I would like to applaud you on a couple of parts, Mark. The first front, the fact that you're offering the women in leadership training or leadership training in general with an eye on helping women. There was a study done for our industry by the Women's Business Collaborative and several of our industry associations that you and I are close to. And coming out of the pandemic, what we found was Within our industry, it's right around 50-50 female-male ratio entry level, and then it drops to just in the low 20% and 4% women of color. When you get up to the C-suite, there's a significant gap there. There's many reasons that that happens. It could be lack of confidence to put yourself out there, not thinking you have the right skill set, the obvious one starting a family, and that could take you back a little bit from taking on more kind of that perception that you maybe can't take on more or opportunities are passing you by there's several things that lead to that but being intentional having sat on so many dni panels and being part of groups something that I am really fond of is taking action and being intentional and that program very specifically of you intentionally focusing on rising up your leadership team, but also keeping an eye on the women in that piece to make sure that they're taking advantage of it too. It's an example of what will move the needle for our industry. So thank you for for doing that. I also want to say you all and Lydia had invited myself and Rocky Howard from The Mom Project, uh, who just announced a new role as Chief Equity and Impact Officer with The Mom Project, uh, to present to one of your monthly groups. And I had so much feedback from your field reaching out on LinkedIn and email, just feeling so fortunate to hear personal stories of what we all had gone through. and feeling like they could relate and be open and express themselves in a really safe space and environment. And I I don't think leaders understand how important those words are safe space to bring people together in that environment and allow them to feel that safety of being themselves and bringing everything about themselves to work is so critical to a culture today. It should be all the time, but today in particular, and you all are creating that for your team. So again, just congratulations on taking action. That's the thing is why wait hundreds of years, like we're told it's going to be for equality. Why not take great action today to see that change? So you've been through so much with these programs and, you know, even mentioning from the first story in your career where you noticed it to just a recent conference that you had it and the programs you mentioned within your own company as you're hearing stories and you get to know me and my stories and all of these other people, what kind of aha moments do you feel like you've had and have you noticed any trends changing over time?
2: I'm going to go with the second part first. So what I'm noticing and I didn't know the statistics you cited earlier but I am definitely noticing when I go to industry events or I'm interacting with people, we are making some progress in women rising up to at least mid-level management roles. And I feel really pretty good about it, but I think we can accelerate it, as you say, with more intentional work. And I actually have a suggestion for people to make in a second. And I'm also noticing, and I think you deserve a lot of credit for just the existence of this series within your podcast. And I've listened to a couple episodes, I think the first two episodes, we're talking about it. And I think that matters. Because until you talk about it, nothing happens. Just talking about it doesn't lead to action necessarily, but there's no shot at action until you make this a public area of discussion. So I, I feel pretty good about that. I think what I'd like to see more of. I personally, and I think you know this, have a number of women early in their career that I mentor outside of that formal program, both within my company and outside of the company. And I think more people have to take that on. There are so many skills that need to be passed on that could only happen through conversation and coaching. And I think what I'd like to see happen is more people pick one or two people within their enterprises, more men. Pick one or two people within their enterprise or out and give them an hour a month and just talk to them about what they're facing and ideas and pass it on. And I guarantee you, they will find it fulfilling. You know, as to aha moments, I don't really experience my life that way. But what I have noticed is the level of gratitude when you do something nice in an allyship way is disproportionate to the amount of effort you have to exert. A small helping hand is greatly appreciated because of the nature of the situation you're in. And that to me is bigger than the ahas, is that tells me how big the problem is. That a small action on my part that can be so well received means there's a real dearth, there's a real problem to be solved.
0: I think back, Mark, I had my mom she attended one of the you know i co founded a company called ara it's attract retain and advanced women in technology and my mom had attended one of the events and she said to me you know and she worked her way up to a ceo in michigan in the flint detroit areas of uh, multiple credit unions and she said you know growing up in my career i really wish we would have had something like what you all are doing and then I think back to early on in my career, and I think we didn't have anything like that either. We weren't talking about it. And when I listen back or look back on some of the podcasts we've done with women, you and I both know really well in our industry. And a lot of times we, in fear, didn't speak up in fear of what could happen if we did. Or we just left companies and switched jobs or started our own companies, whatever we wanted to do, because we knew that change wouldn't happen. So I agree with you 100% just sharing that background to say we are doing something about it now. Companies are taking action and executives are realizing that it does matter. And to your point earlier with curiosity, you know, when you start thinking about, well, why didn't we? What has changed? I can't believe all of these people went through all of those years feeling that way. You realize, you know what? I do need to put myself out there and help people and use that kind of position of power to help make change.
2: To your last point, and when you start that dialogue, that alone empowers people. Because so many times in, we'll call it your generation, people were moving companies just out of hope it would be better. But when you open up the dialogue, like at our Women and Allies lunch that I mentioned, the internal strength of the participants for them to then open their mouth gives them purchase in their own life and they can advance their situation. It's not just that those of us who have the good fortune to help others can do it, we're enabling them to help themselves when you're talking to them about it. So I just really encourage open, open dialogue and not being afraid to ask somebody, What's in your way? What are you afraid to approach? Who's hurt you? What's holding you back? When you see a woman with potential, almost every time, if you ask what has held you back, there's a huge story and you can help them correct it. So I just think the dialogue is massive.
0: Well, I have to thank you, too, because you lead with a helping stance, so to speak, in the sense that even someone on my own team, uh, Jessica Elliott, who you saw something in, obviously, I've seen something in her whole career, we've basically grown up together, but you saw something really special in her. And you jumped in and said, I, you know what, I will mentor her, I will help her, she can be your head of operations. And you have changed the trajectory of, I would argue, not only just professionally for her, her career but also looking personally, just the impact that you've made for her is so tremendous. And I mentioned that, Mark, because you said people need to mentor more. And I would say we need more men to help mentor women. And you also said you learn both ways each time you do that. You learn as much from the mentee as the mentee really learns from you. But the fact that you're willing to do it Goes such a long way, and and I have to say, I've talked to plenty of men who have said they're afraid to mentor women because they're afraid of what could happen, and they lead in fear. They mm. lead that something could happen just because of what you read in the in the news and so forth of different things that they're afraid. Or I've had people say, you know, my attorney told me not to have a closed door meeting. I talked about that I think with the podcast with Eric Greg um, with a woman because of what could you know happen uh, with that. And I would argue, you know, be in public, have meetings and mentorship meetings. let other men see you mentoring women. We need your help to make change. and the fact that you're willing to do it, it's not just because Jess was a woman, you saw something special in her, but you are ultimately helping rise up a woman to the level that we need to see more women in, in our world.
2: You're too nice. That's been one of the great pleasures of my last, I guess, what, two years now? Mm-hmm. It's been a great pleasure. And I do agree. There's the fear of something going wrong is a reflection of a problematic internal attitude that is easily addressed. Then go in public. What can go wrong in public? It's an excuse to not help somebody. Take your attitude. You can just lift somebody up. It's not going to hurt you. I know it won't.
0: So, one of the questions I had for you was really to look at, what advice do you have for your male counterparts as it relates to being an ally and supporting equality, basically supporting equality, including mentoring women. And one of the things that Bert Bean had brought up on our podcast was, you know, hey, I'd get in a room full of men and lead a conversation. Ask me anything. Let's talk. What are you afraid of? Let's get our fears out there that the more we can have those open conversations with men having those open conversations together the more comfortable men may be mentoring and having those conversations. And you know what? Sometimes we just have to be, as the saying goes, uncomfortable, you know, getting comfortable being uncomfortable, so to speak. So tell me then, what advice do you have for your male counterparts? You've shared a little already, but what comes to mind to you, and specifically as it means being an ally?
2: I think for me, it's the mindset of see the person as a person not as a woman <laughs> and there you will be less fearful just see them as a person and ask the question what's going on how can i help do you have any obstacles just go there it takes a lot of the fear out and by the way i don't diminish the reality of the fear i don't i just say you have to overcome it and the easiest way to overcome it is stop seeing women, see person and when you see person it's a lot easier to be their ally, because most of us are good people. I assume the best intent in everybody I meet till they prove me wrong, and I'm rarely proved wrong. I am on occasion, but if you assume the best intent in people and they can just see others as human beings and help them, you're going to be okay. You're going to be fine.
0: And I think, Mark, to that point, too, when I reflect on it for myself. so. Anytime we do a speaking engagement or share stories out of the book that you know, I was fortunate to be a part of this past year called Together We Rise with a total of 15 women from our industry, when men hear our stories and they get to know us and they're curious and they hear where some of our challenges come from. It could be deep-rooted issues with confidence. It could be anxiety. It could be who knows what it is. It could be so many different things. But when you get to know that person as a person, so to speak, and realize that a lot of the things we go through, men go through too, but you understand the why behind that person and you really get to know them, you start to see a trend. And when you start joining Conversations like attending those events at conferences and listening to the, the struggles or challenges and opportunities, quite frankly, to support and mentor. And you put yourself out there in the learning stance. Yes. You can really make a huge difference. So it's your understanding more of where we're coming from or what we've gone through. We're not trying to take someone's job. We're not trying to take over, you know, all of these different things that fear that leading in fear. When you can to your point turn that piece off, the world of difference you can make for everyone surrounding you, every single person, it really could help again move that needle to places that that we need it to be.
2: So, couldn't agree more and and at least everybody I know who does this feels a great sense of internal satisfaction you really feel like i enjoy jess elliott so much and i always feel incredibly satisfied after our sessions like ah, oh, i helped somebody today that feels good
0: and you got to know her personally like that's part of the point is too as a mom as a female executive as a person you know, you're know you able to influence and make a difference. And I think sometimes people think, well, how could I possibly help that person? You really can. And the more you get to know someone and you're open to that, the more uh, opportunity you have to do so.
2: Couldn't agree more.
0: All right, Mark, we are at the end of our conversation. And again, I just want to say thank you for all that you have done. Just hearing the stories of what you're doing within Signature, I'm sure will inspire people to consider what they can do. I mean, you acquired a company that is helping um, inner city and technology and talent and make change for generations to come. You're taking the time specifically to grow the leadership within your company and focusing on women. In addition to that, to move the needle, giving people a safe space, you're mentoring women. You've brought up Lydia's name quite a bit into the conversation. You added someone into your C-suite at Signature and into the executive team. Uh, at the company, a great phenomenal leader in Lydia Wilson. Um, I just want to personally say thank you for the role you're playing. Everyone may not know who you are, know you the way I know you. And that's why we're shining the light on these stories in this podcast. So people see we have a great industry of male allies who are making change. And the more people who can do exactly what you're doing, and more, and just continue to learn and grow from each other, the more opportunity and chance that we will see equality in our lifetime. Now, for fun, Mark, tell us one thing people may not know about you.
2: Okay. Um, because I just booked my plane ticket to go fly, to go see the opening night of Bruce Springsteen's tour, I think this will be about the 45th or 46th time I've seen Springsteen. And it has brought me to tears at one point during the night, every time. So now I'm looking forward to seeing how this man's going to make me cry from the stage.
0: Oh, my goodness. Okay, I knew you were a Springsteen fan. I did not realize how many times you have seen him in concert. And thank you for... Turning me on to his Netflix special as well, Springsteen and Broadway, and just reflecting its um, incredible mark when we can take the time and publishing the book really forced me to do it, to slow down and think through you know, where we came from, our upbringing, our roots and our stories, because those stories really form who we are today. Even if we change throughout all of those years, we have that foundation and uh, having you share your love and passion for Bruce Springsteen and his his stories and, and the Broadway special. Thank you for, for doing that. OK, people may want to hear from you and learn more about how you're doing these different things. What is the best way for people to get in touch with you?
2: I think the best way to reach me is to uh, reach out to me through an email on LinkedIn.
0: Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much again, Mark, for being part of our Allyship in Action series. I appreciate you so much.
2: Thanks for having me. I appreciate you too.
0: Thank you.